The Jen, Gabe and Chewy podcast is sponsored by Celsius Energy Drink, and I am here to tell you it makes a huge difference in my mornings. With a unique blend of essential energy and key vitamins, Celsius is your partner to an active lifestyle. My favorite, the peach vibe. Learn more at Celsius.com and pick up Celsius Energy Drinks today. We put it on the Jen, Gabe and Chewy Twitter poll. Where are you on the Seinfeld scale of concern with the Milwaukee Bucks? Yada, yada, yada. Oh, I'm stressed. I'm freaking out. And when Chu weighed in this morning, he talked about this Doc Rivers sound from Sirius NBA. So before we get too far down the rabbit hole here, I want to get to that sound. Doc Rivers talking about the Bucks' decision to make a change at the coaching position midseason. Here it is. Personally, I, you know, I'll be honest. I, I told our owners uh, when they called, I said, I think you... I don't understand why you're doing this, you know. Um, and they said, you know, one of the things they said was, well, it doesn't matter. We're, we've done it now. And um, we, we we want you. And, and so that was a tough one. I didn't, I, that was, that's where you had the hesitation. To me, that's the equivalent of a player talking to the press before, say, a football game, be it a quarterback, and saying, you know, my shoulder's real bad. I might play bad, but I'm going to play anyways. People don't care. Fans don't care. It is what it is. The Bucks made this decision organizationally. I, I, I don't want the excuse. Is that? Am I reading this wrong? Is he trying to build in an excuse in case things don't go well? I don't think. I don't think that's what he's doing. Maybe that's that is what he's doing too, but I hear someone who is trying to make it clear that he had nothing to do with the firing of the previous coach because the reports were out there that he was a consultant and the Bucks ownership had reached out to him and you know going back to Vegas when they were doing the play in tur- or the the in season tournament and doing all those things that oh Doc's now the consultant so people were then trying to connect the Docs of oh. So they brought in Doc as a consultant. He probably pushed out Adrian Griffin, and he's trying to say, no, 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 I didn't push him out. I had nothing to do with that. They came to me. I said, oh, well, you shouldn't have done that. Hold on. Truth serum. I'm putting you on the spot, admittedly. Do you believe that Doc Rivers was consulting the Milwaukee Bucks or was not consulting the Milwaukee Bucks? I think he was. He was consulting think- Adrian Griffin. But he but- said he wasn't. I understand. No, this is where I'm trying to set a baseline here. Yes. Trying to set a baseline of. Yes. Doc, I don't know if I can trust what you say across the board right yeah. now. Okay, because there was a report out there that you were consulting the Bucks, but then you were adamant that you weren't consulting the Bucks. Now when you get in front of a microphone, you say, I I don't think they should have done it. I told them that they shouldn't have done it. If you're questioning the judgment of the brass to make the change at the coaching position, should we then question the judgment of the brass for putting you in charge? Like, I feel like it's a real slippery slope here that Doc Rivers is opening himself up to a lot more criticism than we need to be dealing with as fans of the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, zip it. Stop. Uh, I agree. Just coach the team. Get more wins. Make them better. Figure it out. Those right now, to me, are the bullet points for what I want from Doc Rivers. That's it. I don't really want to hear any more of this stuff. Even the Cabo thing, Chu, I know that you had uh, had referenced it earlier in the show as well. I understand he's trying to hold guys accountable. I think the way this team is structured right now, you got to do that internally. Yes, I agree. I don't think you can be doing that 
in front of the media. I don't think you can be accusing guys of not being mentally there in the game against Memphis headed into the All-Star break. Gabe, I can tell that you disagree. Well, but if he's already tried that, don't you then have to go to the next thing? Like, if you've already tried over the last previous nine games to hold guys accountable internally and nothing's happening, don't you then have to try to do it externally? That's last resort, though. Right? Was he at that point where it's last resort? I mean, I'm. Well, I, hope, I, I certainly hope not. I, I just go to the school of Holmgren where he didn't call players out. If players called another player out or a coach, he dealt with it immediately. I just don't like maybe as a last resort do that. But in regards to Adrian Griffin, I don't even see that as a narrative because all you had to do was turn on the television and say, this guy stinks. And then talk to the players and say, this guy doesn't have a clue. You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's really all you had to do. I mean, there. I mean, if you want to talk about that, shoe there. Are, there are some damning quotes in the piece that Eric Name has up at the Athletic right now, just talking to Giannis about like how Giannis is like, oh, I don't have to worry about the coaching staff being prepared anymore. <laughs> that's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> like that's. Like, like, that was clearly something that he was concerned about. And now, oh, now the Doc's here and he lists off the coaching staff and how much he likes the assistance they brought in. But that's something he doesn't have to worry about anymore. Which goes back to the conversation we were having earlier this morning about Giannis's leadership and what is required from him. Do we believe across the board, universally, your best player has to be your leader? Is that how sports is across the board, shoe, Or are there exceptions um, to that rule? There's exceptions because Brett... Brett wasn't a vocal leader. I mean, he became more vocal the older he got. But in his heyday in the 90s, Brett wasn't saying crap before a game. He may say it in the huddle, but not at, to the team as a whole. What about the I mean, week during practice? Nothing. I mean, no, it was just the offense. It was just, and not even the offense, it was the core guys. You know, the guys that – so you're probably looking at, you know, you got Levin on the field, maybe another six guys, seven guys that play. So it's really only 18 guys that Brett's like, all right, here we go. we got to do our part. Very rarely – I mean, I don't even remember him getting up in front of the team. It just wasn't his deal. Now, Reggie – Reggie was that guy, but Reggie took it at times just too far. Like, well, do we really need another team meeting? Was – was Reggie the leader of the defense, or was that somebody else? Reggie was the leader of the team. Okay. Reggie was the leader of the team. So, I mean, and, and we all seen clips of him, uh, you know, before we take the field or go in the locker room for the last time. He was the guy giving the speech. Because I think when you get to that level, young guys might need the rah-rah, but certainly veterans don't. You know, if you can't get yourself ready to play and stuff like that, then... Well, and I actually think, too, there's a misconception amongst a lot of fans of what leadership looks like at the elite level. I think that there is a misconception that it is some guy stepping in front of the locker room being like, okay, guys, we got a big game tonight. You need to be it. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what we're talking about with leadership. Sometimes leadership at the elite level is simply going about your business in an elite way and expecting guys to follow your example, right? Yeah, Brett's leadership was... Uh, walking into the building on Friday on crutches and then coming out with his ankle taped and his, his outer shoe spatted up and throwing for five touchdowns. That's his leadership. That's like, because then you sit there as a player and like, hmm, probably shouldn't be sitting out with a sprained ankle. You know? 
I mean, I, I tell you, I, I played a number of games where I probably shouldn't, not not from an injury standpoint, but pr- the standpoint where the backup would have probably been more effective than I was. But you're like, man, Brett's playing. I'm, I got to play. So how do the Bucks get to that point? Because, I mean, I would, I, I don't know if Giannis has that makeup to be the Reggie. I don't know if he does or not. But it's clearly, to me, He's one of the hardest working dudes out there. Well, so use if he's the out example there... of last season or two seasons ago. Goodness gracious, goes by so quickly. But when he got injured in that game in the playoffs and did everything he could, right? We saw his leg bend backwards like a flamingo, did everything mm-hmm. he could to be back out there on the court in, what was it, three days, three games, two games? I uh, can't remember missed, the timeline now. Yeah, he, he missed, missed two couple. games. It was, I think, a total of five days between game six or between when he got hurt and game one of the like, finals. To me, that's Giannis's style of leadership. And again, this is from a peripheral standpoint. We're on the outside looking in, but that to me is how he leads. I don't know if he's the guy who's going up there. You know, Shaq was saying that they're too nice. Giannis is too nice and Dame are too nice. Yeah. So so I guess, is it as simple, Chu, you think, as a lack of leadership? Like somebody needs to be the person who, and again, what does it even look like? What does it even look like at this stage of the game? I, I think two things need to happen. I think first thing is they all need to get in a room together. I'm talking all the assistants and the players. And then off of that, they need to all get on the same page. And then off of that, you pull in Doc Rivers, Giannis, Dame, Lopez, and um, Chris. Chris. And then you sit them down and you say, look, you guys got to lead if you're not vocal. Um, but we have to all get on the same page. We're chasing the same goal. Um, the problem is a guy like Bobby, who probably is a vocal type guy, like back in the day, you're not buying into a special teams player that yells and screams, or not, not even like that, that tries to lead. has to come from your stud players, and it may be a little uncomfortable for them. But I think at this point in time, they, they just have to get up. And, and it's got to be fair. Like, if I'm Giannis or I'm Chris Middleton and I'm saying to Doc Rivers, why'd you say that? Tell us why you said the Cabo thing. Tell us why. Because I guarantee there's players on that team that don't know why. And I, they I, all, I, they I need know to have those, a heart-to-heart. Yeah, because here's the thing, Chu, and you talked about this with Ron, like early days, and the, obviously the Bucks are way past that. But, like, if, if there was somebody whose mind was on, in Cabo going into a bye week, like in 1993, yeah, Ron would have cut him, right? I, I, I so and you I, can't you can't do that with the Bucks now. But like if if that's one of the bench guys, if that is you know if that is a Bobby Portis, if that is a Pat Connaughton, yeah. to me, like you start switching up your rotations, you try to figure out different things. Hey, if your mind's not going to be here, we got other guys whose minds will be here, and, Gabe, and you try doing something like that in '92, my first year there, and we were still in the playoff hunt. We had to beat Minnesota. Uh, the last game of the year in Minnesota in order to make the playoffs while we lose. But two weeks prior to that, because we had to drive down, you know, you carpool down to the Hudson Center in December or January because it's so cold, there'd be guys' cars like, hey, I can't drive. My car's all packed up. What do you mean packed up? Well, I I packed up my apartment because when we lose, I want to get a jump and get the hell out of here. I'm like, what the hell is that? How are we going to win with these guys? And then it got to the point that it got back to us that Ron was sending like scouts out to see whose car was packed 
You know, with two games left in the season. <laughs> scouting and then those guys were gone. <laughs> parking lot? Yeah. It's a different type of scouting. Yeah. yeah. Wait, you, but, you're writing down license plate numbers, coming back and go, here you go, Ron. But when chemistry is so important, as we have talked about it being for this Milwaukee's Buck, Milwaukee Bucks team, and I don't think that that extends to every team because I do think that winning oftentimes contributes to quote-unquote chemistry, right? When everybody's happy, nobody's got conflict and because you're winning, then it feels like, oh, we've got great chemistry. Chemistry is something different. But the Bucks have had it. We have talked about how that has contributed to their success, the role that that has played in the team winning. You're adding all these pieces. It's not just Doc Rivers. You add, uh, uh, you added Pat Beverly, right? And he's got to work his way into that locker room. Didn't I see that they added somebody yesterday too? Uh, Gallinari? Yeah. Danilo Gallinari also adding, like, all of these things are supposed to help them get better defensively, obviously, because that was the thing that was plaguing them as the beginning of the season goes on. But is it a little bit of a gamble that all of these people are just going to fall in line and fit? Like, right now, it feels like the biggest challenge is yeah. Dame was a one where he was. Dame's not the one now. He's still figuring out how to not be the one. But sometimes you want Dame to be the one because you had talked about, Gabe, some of the challenges the Bucks had had is who's going to have the ball in their hand late in these games? Who's well, going to have the ball it, in their hand in these? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a challenge. It's the Dame. ball goes to Dame. Again, you go back to the Eric Name piece over at The Athletic. Mm-hmm. Giannis says it. End of the game. Like, this is, this is Dame's team. Yeah, because at the end of the game, the ball's going in his hands. That's the that's the sole reason that you brought Dame to Milwaukee, right? But as soon as you said that, my brain was like, "Is it? Yeah, is it? Like, is like, it? Let me, you know, let me like, ask. like I understand the point. I understand the point. And we all saw Giannis Antetokounmpo playing hot potato with the basketball at the end of the season last year. So we get it. He wants the ball in Dame's hands at the end of those games. I still think it's hard for them to figure out who is the guy. Yeah, and my point is this team, when you look at it, is so veteran. Should they still be looking for combinations? I mean, we were looking for combinations probably up until 94 with that team. And then outside of injury, we weren't bringing anyone in. Right? Are you talking about like the rotation at the end? Just like figuring it out. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's like they're questioning themselves. Is it, is it because, I mean, this is the first time Giannis has had anyone even close to Dame. Like, we all wanted Chris to be a Dame. He obviously is not and is getting older. But how do you delineate when it's Dame's team to end the game, but it's Giannis's team the rest of the time? And how does that work in a locker room? Like, who do you defer to? Who steps ahead? And that's where, again, and I don't think, this is where I don't think it's championship or bust for the Bucks. It took Dwayne Wade and LeBron James a season to figure that out. When they first got together with the Miami Heat, kind of, two, you know, kind of a similar situation where these are two guys who in those late-game situations are used to having the ball in their hands. How do you figure it out? It took the Heat a year to figure that out. So I, I think it's fair to also give the Bucks a year to figure that out. And they could still have a lot of success in the postseason, but to me, if it took those two guys that long... You got to give for whatever reason, Chu. I don't know why, but for whatever yeah. reason, it takes time for NBA superstars to figure out who gets the ball at the end. Even though the answer, Miami eventually came to the obvious answer of, "Oh, you give it to LeBron." Yeah, and I think the Bucks are going to arrive at the obvious answer of, "You give it to Dame." Because going back to the Memphis game, like that was a tight game, shouldn't have been tight game down the stretch. The Bucks had four or five straight possessions where Dame didn't get a touch. Like, you couldn't even get the ball in his hands once. I also think it's unfair to expect a guy like Dame Lillard to just step on the court hot. 
You got to give guys a chance to warm up. And if he's not touching the ball, like you just said, on all of those possessions, then he's not getting into a rhythm. And a rhythm is where he is at his best. So, like, that's a huge part of it as well. Like, you can't just be the offense runs through Giannis, the offense runs through Giannis, the offense runs through Giannis, the offense. Oh, we're, it's late in the game or it's late in the half. Well, Dame, start doing what you do. Be like, I'm ice cold, yeah. guys. He's I'm, one for two. I'm you, ice you know, cold. You know what's perplexing to me is they have the formula because they've already won it. And I agree with, uh, did Barkley say it, that they're too nice? Check. Who was the Check. one person... Shaq said it. Who was the one person on their championship team that wasn't nice? PJ. There you go. That solves your not nice problem. Well, but isn't Pat Beverly yeah, supposed to kind say, of be think, that guy? Yeah, I think Bev is, is supposed to be that guy down now for this team. And he's got to be that guy because that's what they need. He's got no option, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got to have that dog in I, Yes, totally. From, from what I've seen early from him is Pat is bought in. Which is a good sign. Well, he's as bought in as a, he was defending Doc against JJ. Yeah, he's like, a Doc guy, yeah. so he so, was immediately bought in. Maybe it ends up working. I don't know. What are you? Are you panicking? I'm. I'm stressed, working my way to freaking out. Yeah, same. Uh, I think it's still too early to be fully freaking yeah. out, just because it hasn't been enough time. But and there's been added things to it, like you added Patrick Beverly to rotation out of nowhere. Uh, but yeah, like. There, there's enough here, and there's enough smoke, and it's smoke that Doc brought. Like, questioning and putting doubt in all of our minds, like, who does that serve other it, than Doc? I don't really get it. Yeah, and look how quick it can flip. And just, go, just go. FYI, he could have very easily just called Adrian Griffin if that was the whole thing. Like, who cares what the narrative is out there? Again, it will all disappear if the team wins. If you think Adrian Griffin thinks that you got him ousted because you were consulting the squad, give him a call. Have that conversation. You don't need to go on a podcast to try to like clear the air. Make sure everybody knows that you thought it was a bad idea to move on from that guy. Because now I'm questioning everything. If you want me to question the management and question the brass on that decision, should I question the brass on the decision to have you as the head coach? Because I guarantee there are people out there who are starting to. But the, but the one positive of this all, we got evidence of it up north. Look at the Packers in week 9 or week 10 or whatever it was, and like, jeez, we're looking at the fifth pick in the draft. And then look at how quick it turned. So that's a positive there, and they have the ability to do that. That's why I'm with Josh. you got to give more time. Give more time. Are you ready to upgrade the concrete surfaces in your home? Let me tell you about Showtime Floors and Floor Shield. It's used by military bases, airports, businesses, and, of course, residential homes, too. And that's how it affects you, probably. Floor Shield is designed to beautify and protect concrete surfaces. So if you've got cracks in your garage floor or you're seeing uneven surfaces, when you pull in, are you going, oh, whoop, whoop, there's a little bump there? You need to call my friends over at Showtime Floors and ask about Floor Shield. Enjoy a 15 year warranty, same day installation. And if you mention ESPN for free crack repair, and they'll give you 10% off. Get more information by visiting ShowtimeFloors.com. That's ShowtimeFloors.com. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. TBD. No, it's not how this <laughs> works. Boy. That's not how any of this That's works. That's how you make content. What do you mean? What do you mean? That's how it works for him. What's TBD mean? To be determined. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, to be dumb. <laughs> did you hear him say to be dumb? <laughs> to be dumb. Did Joshy say that? He did. On 94.5 ESPN. She tried 
You've probably heard about employee stock ownership plans before, but what separates Fifth Third from others when it comes to these plans? Fifth Third offers unmatched expertise and flexibility when creating ESOP solutions from full and partial sales, second stage transactions, repurchase obligation financing, and seller note refinancing. ESOPs can offer tax advantages, increased liquidity, employee incentives, and overall diversification of net worth to help your company plan for the future. Great people over there at Fifth Third. Love hanging out with them when I get the opportunity. Did so last week. Got to see all of them. They're doing great things. They can do great things for your business as well. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, custom solutions built around your goals. Member FDIC. There's zero chance you guys can tell me what JJ in JJ Reddick stands for. Zero chance. The JJ and JJ Reddick stands for what? James Jehoshaphat. (laughs) Jehoshaphat is what I didn't see coming. Not going to lie. Justin Jerome. Nope. Jerry. Jester. Like a court jester? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh-huh. that fits. Jack Jiggles. <laughs> no. Jack. Do you want me to tell you? you John to... John? Nope. Mm. Jonathan Clay. Excuse me? Okay. Jonathan Clay Reddick is J.J. Reddick. See, Junior? That's a party foul, isn't it? Yeah, he's JC now. JC Reddick. Yeah, he's got to be. (laughs) (laughs) Just here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. JJ Reddick in the news and talking about the Milwaukee Bucks because yesterday he went on quite a rant. And if you follow the NBA, if you follow sports, you probably heard it. We're going to play it for you again. JJ Reddick yesterday going after the Milwaukee Bucks head coach, Doc Rivers. Here it is. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm-hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no <laughs> there's never accountability with that guy. Mm. Pen slam. So they don't like one another, I take it. It would appear to be that way. Well, they did work together. Uh, Philadelphia? No. No, LA, L.A. L.A. Quite And worked together quite well. But apparently there was something that happened there. Although, you know, J.J. doesn't have the greatest history getting along with coaches. Uh, and in Milwaukee, Gabe, can you refresh the folks' memory about J.J. Reddick's time here in Milwaukee? Uh, or and, I guess his departure from yeah, well, Milwaukee? Well, end of 2013, uh, well, trade deadline, Bucks trade for him, thinking they're you know going to get something. He didn't really play that well in Milwaukee. Uh, Bucks got swept or lost in five in the first round. Uh, and toward the end of the series, um, Jim Boylan was serving as the interim head coach at the time for the Bucks. Uh, he made mention that he had not talked to Jim the entire postseason. Because Jim said something about talking to JJ, and JJ's like, no, that's not true, because I have not talked to him in weeks. And then, you know, decided deuces. He hated Milwaukee and wanted out. Like, he cried when he got traded to Milwaukee. 
from Orlando. Okay, that makes a little more sense now. So Patrick Beverly, who of course is now a member of the Milwaukee Bucks, went on Twitter yesterday and said, "Yesterday and said this man Doc actually saved your career, started you when no one else wanted to, and you retire, go on TV and say that." I believe JJ responded to that as well, saying, "Pat, my guy, I had four year offer with player option for the same money." Blah, 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 basically saying. Get out of here with this idea that Doc Rivers saved my career. Which, I think that contract offer was from Milwaukee, and he didn't want to be here. The so. two had beef, <laughs> obviously. The two, there is beef there, especially from J.J.'s standpoint. But do you agree at all with what he is saying about the accountability thing with Doc? Look, we had questions about Doc coming into this whole thing. There were questions about his ability to take a team back to the NBA Finals and win a Larry O'Brien. Or is this just... Uh, there's beef there and you can't take it. He doesn't have any accountability in this space. I think you can, you can take it. You have to take it with a grain of salt. I think that there are some potential elements of truth there that he feels that doc isn't accountable, but there are also plenty of people that'll stand up to me. You coach in the league, as long as doc has, you're going to have your detractors. That's just the way it's going to work. He's got a lot of people also like him. Pat Beverly being one of them, you know, Joel Embiid, in Philadelphia, wanted Doc to return last year. James Harden was the one who wanted him out, and, you know, they end up going in a different direction. So I think there are plenty of people who like Doc. I think you can listen to it a little bit, but it's always hard when the the personal beef, which I think you can hear in the clip, kind of comes through. Because while the criticism may be valid, you have to wonder to yourself, okay, is this valid, or is it just because these two don't like one another? Now, it would be stupid for Doc to respond to this. Would you agree? Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. His uh, son did, though. I mean, there's a little... Uh, in I, I fairness, mean, I, his son also works for ESPN. They had <laughs> yeah, to ask yeah. him about it later on NBA He Live. also said, my dad can answer or fight his own battles. He didn't <laughs> and then listed every well. excuse yeah. possible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are they both right and they're both wrong? I mean, I can see Reddick's point, but you got to understand that, yeah, there is a beef there. I just don't... I don't like. I just don't like calling guys out in the media. Can we all? That's agree? the school I went to. Can we all agree on this? The pressure is mounting. Things yeah. haven't gotten. <clears throat> excuse me. Things haven't gotten any easier for the Milwaukee Bucks today, right? Again, no. we started the show talking about how they were talking about the dysfunction of the Milwaukee Bucks on Unsportsmanlike this morning, and Chris Canty saying it's time to sound the alarms for the Milwaukee Bucks. Things haven't gotten any easier as. Doc goes on SiriusXM and talks about how he disagreed with the Bucks' decision to move on from Adrian Griffin. It doesn't get any easier when uh, J.J. Redick is calling out the coach. It doesn't get any easier when Austin Rivers is defending the coach. It doesn't get any easier when Pat Beverly is on Twitter defending the coach. At the end of the day, this team just has to win. And I'm not sure that they have figured that out yet, you guys. There's no reason to believe right now that they have. Well, because Dame went out and won a skills comp and won MVP of a of a game over the weekend? Are we feeling better about the Bucks today than we did before the break? No. I, mean, I can talk myself into it if you really want me to. <laughs> you know what, Gabe? I'm at a position right now where I would love to hear that. Well, Any, I mean, anything that brings a little bit of optimism, I think people would be would enjoy hearing. Dame has struggled with his shot, hasn't hit the threes at a consistent level, goes out there, wins the three-point contest for the second year in a row, then goes out, hits 11 three-pointers in the NBA All-Star game. Maybe the NBA, you know, maybe now he's found his shot a little bit, starts shooting hot in the second half, boom, Bucks are in the championship. Doc Rivers was coaching that team. Clearly he figured out. Yeah. Yep, how to? So we just need to basically duplicate the game plan that they used in the All Star game yes. 
And they should be scoring, what, 200 points a game? Yeah, 211. Going yes. forward, yep. take the uh-huh. over. <laughs> All right, so we're 56 games in. How long are we going to give them to? Uh, I think you got to give them. He's giving them a month. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving them through the month of March. And what does that look like, giving them through the month of March? Like, what, 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 what can I be excited about and what should I be worried about? So I think you start looking for so so thing a thing I think you can already be excited about is how much better they're already playing defense. Eric Name pointed this out in his piece over at the Athletic. Like their defense has gone from twenty first to tenth. Like in these ten games, yes, they haven't gone well. In these ten games, they're tenth in the NBA in defense. The it's be, it's been the offense that's let them down, and I think they've got enough offensive talent. Whether that's Malik Beasley, whether that's Chris once he gets healthy, Brooke, Dame, Giannis, like there's enough offensive talent there. You should be able to get the ball into the bucket. So I, I think it's about Doc has more or less been able to try you know already fix some of the defensive issues. It's now okay. How do we get Giannis and Dame to work more co- cohesively together? And I think you're looking for again, it's really specific things. But how efficient are they in a pick-and-roll situation? How are they moving the basketball? I think that's those are the two things that I am looking for over the next month to get better. Let me let me pull you out of your nerdness here, uh, which we all appreciate, but sometimes it's hard for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. well, uh, where's, the weed, where's the weed whacker sound yeah. effect? <laughs> you asked me the question, Josh. You didn't want the answer. <laughs> I wanted a different answer. Wins and losses. What am I looking at? Is if it's five hundred, is that acceptable? If you see those things, no, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be higher than that because they yeah. still have enough talent. So, like, just taking the first handful of games they have out of the break here. So they're playing at Minnesota. Like that's to me, that's the toughest game that they have until they hit a Western Conference road trip. If you go and you win at Minnesota, then you've got games against Philadelphia, which isn't as good without Joel. Back to back games against the Hornets and then the Bulls. Like you've you've got an opportunity. I think if you beat the, the Timberwolves to win five in a row and feel pretty good about a stretch of Clippers, Warriors, Lakers, Clippers. Yeah. So you win those five games. I think a lot of the chatter starts going down. But all they got to do is get the two, Gabe. They're not catching the Celtics. Can no. we all agree on that? I can agree. I can. They're agree not with you catching on that. the Celtics. All they're a to game be clear, and a what half. Are they eight plus back. Yeah, Yeah. but they're one and a half out of the second spot. All they got to do is finish in the second spot, trending to playing well, and then it's fine. Oh, it makes me so uncomfortable. I understand the thought process behind it because this team has done that before. But this idea of, ah, let's just hope they're trending in the right direction as the playoffs start makes me very uncomfortable because I don't think it's as easy they haven't shown me that it no, will be easy to flip that switch well, and just go into dominant elite mode once the playoffs start. But also, like, I mean, so even if they get hot and they they catch the Celtics somehow, which, again, I'm with you, it seems impossible, eight and a half back with, you know, 25 games or so left, like, that doesn't prove anything either. I mean, the Bucks have been the best team in the NBA. They've been the number one seed, and they've gotten bounced out of the playoffs very unceremoniously before. So that's why, I, again, I'm saying the only thing that matters for this team is what happens in the postseason. Like, even if they get hot, chew, if they get that two seed, but then they lose to, yeah, no, I agree. You know, the the Heat again because they're the seven yeah. seed. Like, none of playing well in March and April really ended up mattering because that's the only thing that matters is if they can get it together let, enough where they're a good playoff team. Let, let me ask you guys this: if you if we took a poll today and said, "Do you wish the Bucks never got rid of Bud?" Knowing what we know now, how would that poll finish? Very high. And I have been staunchly against that thought, Chew, just because I thought the way everything ended last year, they had to. 
reading some of Giannis's quotes in Eric Name's athletic piece today, I had that thought for the first time that maybe Giannis wishes Bud was still yeah. here. Yeah, I'll post it on the poll. Let's see the results. I mean, that was when when I was reading that. It, it's a lengthy article, a lot of really good clip. If you haven't, if you're subscribed to the Athletic, I cannot recommend reading it enough. But I had that thought for the first time that I think Giannis wishes that Bud was back. Bud was still here. Well, because yeah. his job got harder, it appears, based on what he says in that article, when Adrian Griffin was here, mm-hmm. there were things he had to take on that he had never had to do before. And so again, him trying to be the leader, him trying to be the big guy, and help the team be better, get better. And now he's saying that with Doc there, he's been able to relinquish some of those things. This is Listen to this, Jude. This is unbelievable. Coach Doc, he's a great guy, been in the league for a lot of years, won a lot of games. Like, you go to bed, you sleep well at night. Win or lose, you know that the coaching staff is going to be prepared. And not just him, but Rex, Dave Jaeger, and come on, man, Joe Prunty, we have guys that are extremely smart and know the game of basketball. For, so from that aspect, you don't have to worry anymore. Wow. Did that article come out before Doc said his thing about I didn't chase Eric Adrian just Griffin dropped it this morning. Yeah, it came out. Oh, he did? Up. Yeah. Okay. Came out, then, yeah if, if it did come out before, there was no need for Doc to say what he did. Correct. Just refer to the article. <laughs> Correct. <right>? Correct. Wow. <laughs> All right, we'll put that on the poll. And is it Bucks fans? We're asking Bucks fans. Bucks fans, do you wish that Mike Budenholzer was still the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks? 800-990-3776. From the biggest plays on the court to the comments made in the locker room, an in-depth recap of every Bucks game in six minutes. No more, no less. It's Bucks in six on the Bucks Plus Audio Network. If you missed any of the game or just want to relive some of the biggest moments, Bucks in six provides game recaps every morning after. Hear the high-flying dunks from Giannis or the deep threes from Dame. Catch the comments post-game about what happened on the court. Bucks and Six on the Bucks Plus Audio Network. Find it now at bucks.com slash plus or on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. I don't know which is which, but here's what I yes. do. Yes, all right. I take the plus and I put it to the plus. I take yeah. the minus uh-huh. and I put it to, to the it minus. Easy. Yeah, but the jacker things don't have that. Yeah, they do. Pl- yes, Where? Sure do. On the handles. What's mm-hmm. a jacker thing? I mean, it's something that your wife keeps in the <laughs> he drawer. He jumper cables. <laughs> on 94.5 ESPN. You guys have heard me talk about Professional Construction, Inc. over the years. We have loved having them help us out with our home projects, especially when they get, you know, too big for us. Finishing a basement, way too big for us. The siding on our house, having woodpeckers poking holes in it, way too big for us. A balcony on the backside of our house, having water leaking into our kitchen, way too big for us. And that's why we use the folks over at PCI. The Professional Construction the Professional Construction Inc. team is here for you as well. Mike and Michelle operate a family-owned company. They believe in building relationships and doing exceptional work on your construction projects. So if you find yourself facing a project that is too big for you, Call my friends over at Professional Construction Inc. ProfessionalConstructionInc.com. The last thing I want to do is panic. I want to try to look at this logically. I want to try to look at it as the Bucks are trying to get back to the NBA Finals, win a Larry O'Brien with one of the you know generational players in the league in Giannis Antetokounmpo. They are putting pieces around him to help him bring home another Larry O'Brien. But it does feel like they were closer when Mike Budenholzer was the head coach than they are right now. 
just given the dysfunction and the the challenges that this team is facing. But isn't that what change does? Like change change is scary. And they had to make they they made a change. They made the wrong decision on the initial change with Adrian Griffin. And it just kind of all becomes scary because it didn't feel like they were really that close when they fired Bud. I'm wondering if we're looking back at the Bud, because he did win a championship, and that can never be taken away, and I love the Coach Bud era. But at the same time, like they also did lose in five to the Miami Heat. Like uh, that, that, that did happen, and they lost the previous year as well. Grant, again, there's circumstances around it all with Giannis injuries and, and, and that whole thing. But I'm wondering if we're looking back at Bud with rosier glasses because he did win that championship, even though in the two tries he had after that, the Bucks really didn't get close to getting back to the final. Like, they didn't make it to an Eastern Conference Finals after that. And like they were this much. I mean, how, how much bigger shoe is KD wearing? Because that's yeah. how far away they were from yeah. Bud getting fired in 2021 as well. Gabe, okay, let me ask you this. Little doom and gloom. Oh no! Can, I, I prefer you didn't then. <laughs> how easy it? How easy is it for Giannis to get out of his contract? Oh, it's the NBA. It's easy for anybody to get, like, to get out of the contract. No, but I mean, at any point, he can force his way out of Milwaukee. Okay. Same way Dame just forced his way out of Portland. The way that you know James Harden has forced his way out of half the league at this point. I know we're not there yet, but is this something we have to worry about? Not yet, but I think that's something you start to worry about every year you don't make a deep run in the playoffs. That that Giannis starts to question whether or not this is a place where he can get a second championship ring. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines. Wayne in Port Washington is on with Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Good morning, Wayne. Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Gabe, you pretty much uh, just said what I wanted to say, that I, I still think it was the only move was to get rid of Boonholzer. And that, yeah, we won a championship, but three times in a row, his teams, you know, once in Atlanta, once when we were playing Toronto, and, of course, last year against Miami, uh, you know, just got taken out. And and I think his, his tenure here had, had pretty much run its course. And another thing I'd like to point out is, yes, last year we finished with the best in-season record. Great. But we rarely beat other good teams that were at full strength. I mean, we got trashed by the Celtics last year twice, and then we beat them very close at home when they were missing a lot of guys. This year we, we beat them, we trashed them once, and we played them real close in Boston. I really think our record isn't great. We're all unhappy with the disarray things are in. But underneath it all, I really think there's still the makings of a team that can make some noise, and especially with a guy like Lillard at the end of the game, in control, I just think we still stand a much better chance in spite of all that's happened up to this point. Terrified. It terrifies me. It terrifies me that so many people are willing to say because the Bucks have done it before, where they have underperformed in the regular season or maybe not cared about it, depending on how you look at it, but have been able to win in the postseason, they can just do it again because this is a different version of the Bucks team. It is under new management. So it's not just... Copy and paste. Control C, Control V. We're not doing that right now. If I don't see some progress, if I don't see them showing an ability to win and win over and over and over and over consistently again, I'm going to be, I don't think they can win. And you're saying, I think, Gabe, if I'm hearing you correctly, that, that 
You don't think so either, which is why you're willing to extend the window to next season. Next season, they're more likely to win a title than they are this year because you said you aren't going championship or bust. No, if and and I know we played the clip of earlier of Evan saying, "Oh, even they get to a finals, it's not going to be enough." If they get to the finals this year, the season is going to be a success because you look at other teams that have put together two superstars. It just it seems like it should be an easy solution of figuring these things out, but it is more complicated than. Who has the ball at the end? How do we get there? How do we make sure everybody's in a rhythm and everybody's flowing and all these different things? It becomes tough, and then it becomes tougher when you decide to replace your coach halfway through the season. I go back to the Miami example. It took LeBron and Dwayne Wade, who are two of the top, what, 25 players of all time? I don't know where D. Wade is on that list, but it's pretty damn high. It took them an entire season to figure it out before they won that first championship. And I think the Bucs deserve that same grace period of... And and that's not to say that, you know, you should be happy if they get bounced in the first round. No, alarm bells should then be going off in your head if they get bounced in the first round again. But if they get a little bit of a grace period if it's not a championship this season. I'll be eyeballing Doc very closely to see if this trend continues. Because I'd, le- I'd love, I, know, I don't think any of the players reacted, but players typically don't like being called out like half in Cabo, half playing the game. If that continues, players get sick of coaches quick. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know Doc has a lot of respect in the NBA, but like when you show up, these guys have been there. I don't know how they receive a guy who's been there for 10 games telling them that they're on vacation. Like Maybe that resonates with some people, but I think you can alienate the other half as well. Sure. Reaction rolling in on the ESPN Milwaukee talk and text line. Casey saying wins and losses mean nothing. Seeding means nothing. It's all about the eye test right now. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I would, I would rather play the second worst team than the fourth best. Like, sure. If we're talking about, like, there's definitely what you want. Sure. I just, I'm also like, the Bucks have, like, last year the Bucks looked fantastic going into the playoffs. Looked fantastic. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Out in five. The playoffs are such a different game than the regular season. And I think that this team, again, they have a little things to figure out. I think this team is built more for the postseason than they are the but regular season. But hope is not a strategy. We've talked about that before. You can't just hope that it all clicks when the postseason starts. Like there's some magic switch you can flip that all of a sudden that team will perform at that high level. And that's what's crazy about they, they, they yes, we have addressed the irregular season and said, it is what it is, wait until the postseason, with a different team, with a team that had been together before and had maybe minimal changes on the perimeters. And I don't mean perimeter of the basketball, <laughs> I mean perimeter of the team, right? The peripheral. This team needs to figure it out. Gabe, I'm going to uh, listen. I'll take your I'll take your suggestion. I'll wait a month. But if at the end of this month, at the end of March, there aren't signs that this team can win the whole thing, I'm going to be real hacked off. And I don't even know who I'm going to be hacked off at, to be perfectly honest. It sounds with you. like me. No, uh, no. <laughs> kind of sounds like one. it's going to be me. Well, because, because, my th- because my thing was I wanted to start seeing the improvement now. Make it happen now. All star break is the thing. I want to see the team clicking, coming out of the all star break. But now, so now they've got a little bit of runway. And that's why I think kind of this next month is important because now they actually, we, we went through the schedule that they had in those 10 games and how there was no time to get everybody together and, and kind of they're, they're trying to install things during shoot-arounds and whatnot. 
You got a little bit of runway. You got guys back in Milwaukee. You get a little bit of runway. Get a couple practices going before you head up to Minnesota on Friday. I think you've got a little bit more runway to kind of get some of these things that Doc wants to get done going. We'll take a break here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Wrap up the show right after this. Greater Milwaukee Golf Show presented by Old Fashioned Golf returns Friday, March 1st through Sunday, March 3rd at a new location this year. Mosh Performance Center and Lux Golf Base. The first 1,000 people each day get a free sleeve of golf balls. It's the Greater Milwaukee Golf Show March 1st through the 3rd at Mosh and Lux Golf Base in Franklin with free parking. Just visit RoyalGolfShows.com, save $5 on advanced tickets, or be Caller 5 right now. Win two free tickets to the Greater Milwaukee Golf Show coming up on March 1st. Caller number 5 wins right now at 800-990-3776. Caller 5 wins two tickets to the Greater Milwaukee Golf Show. It's Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Gabe, it'll change your life. Everything, every, any barbecue you eat for the rest of your life will be measured against Bucky on 94.5 ESPN. Here we go. Ewald always makes it easy, and it's auto showtime here in Milwaukee, the best time to shop the newest cars, trucks, and SUVs. But with Ewald, you don't have to wait for the show. The experience. You can experience all your favorite models at your nearest Ewald now to get special auto show savings with top dollar for your trade-in on over 700 new vehicles in stock. It's matched by Ewald's exclusive 20-year, 200,000-mile warranty only during Ewald's auto show sales event starts today. Ewald, they make it easy. So just go to EwaldAuto.com. Quickly checking out the polls. Where are you on the Seinfeld scale of concern for the Milwaukee Bucks? Yada, yada, yada. Oh, I'm stressed. I'm freaking out. 50% of people are stressed. 35% of people are saying yada, yada, yada. Knowing what we know now, do you wish Mike Budenholzer was the head coach of your Milwaukee Bucks? 63% of people are saying yes. They wish Mike Budenholzer was the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm sure we'll continue following the saga coming out of the Milwaukee Bucks. They play on Friday. Hopefully they look better when they take the field. Field court. Wilde and Tausch is next. Maybe that's the problem.